There's a reason why in Florida, professional wrestling was deemed an essential business. Because it kicks ass. This is Heel Turns and Headlocks. And this is Bear DiGiulio and Brian LaPrey. What an intro. What a great, what, 40 bucks we just spent right there. So worth it. My name, as the guy said, I don't know his name, but my name is Barry Julio, and with me, my co-host with the most, Brian LaPrey. Hello, hello. We're doing this in reverse. Yeah, we are. We are switching it up on you cool cats and kittens. And yeah, I just referenced Tiger King because I fucking can. Now, I didn't know. Carol Baskin murdered her husband. Carol Baskin did indeed murder her husband, but that's not the podcast we're doing today. We are heel turns and headlocks, and we are here to soothe your ears with our velvety tones, and we are here to finish out the Mount Rushmore series. Yes, indeed, and today we do the final installment of it with the objective, or at least from our perspective, objective. Is anything objective? Who knows? The objective greatest of all time. And there can only be four. Only four. Uh, this was this was brutal. Um, we yeah. already know that we're going to leave some people off that shouldn't be left off. <laughs> um, yeah, look, sorry in advance for your favorite wrestler not making it. Um I guess a little bit of context. I think we kind of went for trying to limit it to some extent to kind of one person per generation. I know that's going to make it controversial. And I know that there's going to be a certain somebody that everybody loves who's left off. But that's what we did. So, And if you guys have differing opinions on our Mount Rushmore's of professional wrestling, even if you want to go back and talk about our women's editions our tag team editions we're here we're here to discuss and if you'd like to be a guest i'd love nothing more than to have more guests on the show i know one day we'll have jared on again but we can have a dialogue about it you can one day we will have lucky cannon we will not have lucky cannon we will have lucky cannon god damn it well it probably wouldn't be that hard to get lucky cannon on the podcast hey watch your mouth in any case, if you guys have any differing opinions on your Mount Rushmores, we'd love nothing more than to hear from you. So now's a good time to show the show the product, huh? Facebook.com slash heel turns and headlocks, twitter.com slash heel underscore turns underscore pod, Instagram, which by the way, we are booming on Instagram, thanks to Mr. Brian LaPrey here, who's been killing it on the social media lately. You're too kind. Killing it. Like one of the polls got like a, over a thousand likes, which, what the hell? We are I, I champions of the world. We are champions of the Twitter. No, not Twitter. We suck at Twitter. We are champions <laughs> of Instagram. <laughs> We're um, trying to be. Yeah. What else am I missing? Oh, below the collar.com slash heel turns and headlocks. We will have more shirts available coming soon to a theater near you. Um, I think that's it. If I'm missing anything. Bear with me. Huh? Sorry. 
Bear with us, brother. And on brother. that note, let's dive right into it. Number one, the most polarizing man in wrestling, Hulk Hogan. Oh, I like the way you said, ooh, brother, and then you, we went to Hogan. I am the new master of segues. Look, if you don't like Hulk Hogan, I get yeah. it. I, I'm not going to even try to pretend he's my favorite guy either. Uh, but the reality is, if we're being objective, there's never been a bigger star in professional wrestling than Hulk Hogan, and that is objectively true. No one has made more money. No one has drawn the ratings and crowds and responses. Look, if you go one-on-one with The Rock and the entire arena boos The Rock when he's the face and you're the heel, you belong on this damn list. It, and that's yeah. that's Hogan, you know? <laughs> What's funny is, a lot of people don't know, he's actually a former IWGP heavyweight champion in New Japan. And if you want to go watch those matches, you see Hulk Hogan was actually a pretty good wrestler when he wanted to be. But we all know Hulk Hogan, the larger-than-life character. Say your prayers, eat your vitamins, greatest heel turn of all time. That much is undeniable. I mean, look, when he was in WWF, he was a household name beyond professional wrestling. People who had never watched wrestling knew Hulk Hogan. He carried the company on his back, and then went to WCW, and for a short time, beat the WWF in the ratings, which nobody else has done. He's had iconic moments, obviously the first ever WrestleMania with Mr. T against Roddy Piper, and Mr. Wonderful, you know, goes up against Andre the Giant with the iconic slam, the match with Ultimate Warrior, his match with The Rock, his feud with Randy Savage, I mean, NWO, it, it's it's an endless list with Hulk Hogan, and love him or hate him, I, I just if you if you're gonna do it morally and you don't think morally he belongs on a you know Mount Rushmore, I respect your opinion, mm-hmm. but if you're if we're just looking at it as characters and not people, just the characters themselves, Hulk Hogan is objectively the biggest star in the history of wrestling. You can't. You can't recite the story of professional wrestling without mentioning Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Um, as Brian mentioned, you know, he carried WWE, WWF on his back. He carried WCW on his back with six WCW World Championship reigns, you know, six WWE World Championship reigns. You know, he had that tag team reign with Edge, which yeah. was cool. I'm sure Edge loved that. Yeah. He's on record to say he loved that time in his life because he got to team with his hero, um, two ro- two Royal Rumble victories, two Hall of Fame inductions, or he would have been in the Hall of Fame this year if that were a thing with the New World Order. He, again, you can't possibly convey what wrestling is to the world without mentioning Hulk Hogan, brother. Yeah. And again, morally, is he a human piece of garbage? Maybe, right? <laughs> Is that the right term to say? Maybe. But, again, just the overall impact. Oh, and he was pretty big deal in Impact Wrestling, which may have actually caused a downfall. That, that's a whole different thing. Yeah. I, Why I know do you I'm, break my heart? I'm sorry. I know. Brain's a big TNA guy. And when Hogan and his regime of the Nasty Boys came in, and <laughs> look, that's... You know what? That's another podcast episode. The rise of TNA, brother. Yeah, and, and you know what's funny? 
despite all of this, despite the fact that his backstage stuff pretty much tanked WCW and TNA, and despite the fact that, you know, outside the ring, he's done some pretty damn questionable things. Again, we're talking about characters. We're not talking about people. We're not talking about bookers. Objectively, whether you like his matches or not, the dude is... Over isn't the word. Every every wrestler in the history of wrestling who has come after Hulk Hogan has aspired to be some variation of Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. And look, it, I'm in the process of going back and watching every WrestleMania ever from start to finish. And I'll tell you right now, even when that dude wasn't in matches, people were chanting for him. It, it's Hogan, love him or hate him, he has a pretty damn good case for being the greatest of all time. And we will definitely do an episode about the most epic theme songs in pro wrestling history. Oh, my God. But you, like, look, there's a video on Facebook of me ripping my shirt. <laughs> Real American. <laughs> it's theme song. It's it's a it's a beautiful song. I play it every 4th of July, and that shit gets me fucking hyped. And I know that has nothing to do with his place on the Mount Rushmore professional wrestling, but I just, Hell felt, yeah, it does. I just felt the need to put that out there that, you know, Hogan is, uh, again, objectively, one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. And for what it's worth, his run in TNA wasn't all bad. It ended bad. But at the start, you know, it is worth noting that TNA was doing some pretty damn good ratings and his presence had something to do with it. So character-wise, Hulk Hogan leads the Mount Rushmore. And by the way, on the topic of great entrance themes, we get to number two on the list. Ooh, the master of segways. I'm going to, if I don't edit it in there, just pretend in your mind that I did. Stone Cold Glass Shatters Steve Austin. Wow. Look, this was the hardest one for me because, as I said, for me and my criteria, and I think Bears as well, was... We kind of wanted to stick to one per generation yeah. because it, I, I know that it might not be fair to some, but from my perspective, it's just a thought process of like, if I take two people from one generation, it's kind of like they played off of each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are others who didn't necessarily have that sparring partner. And, you know, I'm obviously talking about The Rock. Uh, look, The the Rock could have easily made our list. Let's just say it right now. Honorable mention The Rock. The dude is probably, he might have even exceeded Hogan at this point as the biggest star to ever have been a wrestler. And yeah, like he, he's perhaps the biggest movie star in the world. Um, a huge celebrity, a role model, all these things. Apparently a potential presidential candidate. Uh, my my vote will definitely go to Dwayne. Dwayne, look. The Rock is incredible, but what it really came down to for me, and I I won't speak for Bear, but for me, it just came down to Stone Cold came along just a little bit before The Rock did. And even though The Rock and, you know, Triple H, et cetera, et cetera, kind of helped turn the, you know, kind of put WWF above WCW for good, the tide turned when Stone Cold stepped up. And, you know, it's just, I mean... You, you you run down the list and it's just like holy crap how many memories did this guy make you know the 316 speech is iconic to the point that people still wear the shirts 
you know, the what chant in every arena in all of professional wrestling. You know, sometimes it's annoying, but, you know. Sometimes it's annoying, yes. I personally have this shirt, King of Attitude, where he's bleeding in the sharpshooter. Perhaps the most iconic image in professional wrestling history. We talked about this last week. I mean, it, it's it doesn't make sense how many memories Austin made. And to me, it's just, you know, I'm just going to be honest. That segment where Stone Cold comes out to save the Alliance from... The invasion mm-hmm. and jr is oh he's walking he's talking it's just like that to me is the greatest segment in wrestling history that still makes the rounds on facebook i see that video posted quite often it's like and it's chill inducing it's just like and no one else could have pulled that off and i guess my closing argument is as simple as this yes it's professional wrestling we suspend disbelief blah 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 there wasn't a single person who you could have put in a ring and have stand across from Mike freaking Tyson and have everybody in the arena going, who do you think is going to win this fight? Right. <laughs> we all know the answer. Sorry, Stone Cold, don't kill me. Yeah. But it, Austin, to me, was he was larger than life. And even though I desperately wanted to put The Rock on this list, I had to choose between one or the other. And for my money, Stone Cold is just, he is the Attitude Era more than anyone else. Hands down, bar none, case closed, end of story. Um, I'm I'm in the same boat, and you can definitely make the case for The Rock being on this list. But when it came down to it, like Brian mentioned, Stone Cold was the Attitude Era. Um, And again, I like to go down the list of what they've done. Six WWE titles, two Intercontinental Championships, Million Dollar Champion, four tag team reigns, one with Shawn Michaels, one with Dude Love, one with The Undertaker, and one with Triple H. Um, We briefly mentioned the two-man power trip before. Yeah. I fucking love them together. Uh, incredible. Um, As Brian mentioned, the King of the Ring, when he announced that he was, you know, well, Austin 316 says, I just whooped your ass, like, you know, <laughs> iconic. Three Royal Rumble victories, which nobody's done. I oh. hope nobody ever does. <laughs> um, obviously a Hall of Famer, triple crown, triple crown champion, all that good stuff. He, growing up, he was he was really kind of what brought me into wrestling. Besides yeah. Eddie, you know, Eddie Guerrero was. It's a weird mix of guys that I grew up really liking. Stone Cold being the first, <laughs> Eddie Guerrero. I fucking loved Test. I loved D'Lo Brown. It was just a weird yep. array of characters. And um, to that. <laughs> but, and, you know, we'd be remiss to not mention the fact that video package from WrestleMania 17 Ooh. between him and The Rock and that iconic, just that video, I still see it pop up on Facebook as well. <sighs> Chill-inducing is... Yeah. The, are the only two words that I can really say. And my God, I still listen to that. I don't work out much, but when I do, I listen to that song by Limp Biscuit, and it gets me fucking hype every time. Yeah. And you know what? If anyone wants to come on here and trash Limp Biscuit, we won't have it. No, because it's my way or the highway. Yes, God. it is. And Damn look, it. again, respect to The Rock, hell, respect to Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart and 
Sorry, they're not making our list. You know, a lot of great iconic wrestlers. But you know what it is with Hogan, with Austin, excuse me, that is, you know, I think underrated, which is weird to say about one of the most popular wrestlers ever. Right. He was actually, you know, you have to look at the fact he had to reinvent his entire career after he broke his neck. He, he was a very much a technical wrestler before that, you know, and as a tag team, he and Brian Pillman were one of the best tag teams in the world is the Hollywood Blondes. And he, in WCW, people forget it because, you know, everybody's heard the story about how he was, you know, he didn't get the opportunities that he should have gotten. Even still, he was a two-time television champion, a two-time United States champion, a two-time tag team champion. You know, he was accomplished before he got to WWF. It was just, how do you take that? You know, how, how do you take, what was it, stunning Steve Austin and then <laughs> the ringmaster? And out of all of that, you become stone cold. And I think that was like, you, I guess the best way I can put it is the character of stone cold. Steve Austin was the turning point for professional wrestling where you could still be an over the top character. And that's what got most of us into wrestling, the characters, but he grounded it to the point that it felt so real. And that to me separates him from almost everyone. And by the way, it's like <laughs> a lot of people have had great feuds. If you want to rank the top 10 feuds of all time in wrestling, you might have to include three, if hmm. not four from Stone Cold with Vince, arguably the most important feud in wrestling history, the Bret Hart feud that led to the iconic submission match. His feud with The Rock, his feud with Triple H, his feud with The Undertaker. I, it, Stone Cold, you put him in a program and it just worked. Even when he was <laughs> wearing cowboy hats with Kurt Angle. It worked. I love <laughs> I love that you mentioned that, but like, I'll never forget. You know, Austin was a part of so many moments and yeah. we are huge on moments. Speaking of moments, we'd have to also bring up the fact that he has actually... Stone Cold stunned our president of the United States. Now, if that's not a moment, <laughs> which, by the way, I know a lot of people would like to stun him, but that's a only difference. Austin got the privilege, right? And you know, did did our president not sell it that well? It in his defense, it's not really his job. Although he's, I'm not going to get into the whole presidency, but my point is, this guy has. <laughs> Stone Cold has been a part of so many moments, as Brian mentioned, that bleeding image, which we actually mentioned in the pre in a previous podcast when Becky Lynch had that done as well. Yeah. You know, those two images, you know, Austin's obviously is more iconic, but as Brian mentioned already, we go down the list of top feuds of all time and Austin's easily top in, in three of the top 10, maybe more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and look, some people might argue, oh, he was like Hogan. He was on top too much. Da da da. It literally toppled another company. <laughs> like building around Stone Cold. And yes, eventually guys like The Rock and Triple H rose up the ranks as well. But, you know, Stone Cold, you know, he, when he beat, spoiler alert, 20 some odd years later, when he beat Shawn Michaels for the title at WrestleMania with Mike Tyson giving the punch to Shawn. I mean, it, look, Austin has done everything and 
Even though I do believe that when The Rock comes back, it's an energy unlike any other in professional wrestling. Even if it's just for a promo or a segment. Like, I mean, his segment with Rusev a few years ago is one of my favorite moments in wrestling history. <laughs> but I just... It's almost like talking about... Sorry. It's almost like talking about Jordan and LeBron. You can prefer whoever you want. But the beauty of Jordan is... For a period of time, he was on top, and he never stopped being on top. And we've never seen anything like that. That, to me, is Stone Cold Steve Austin. That character doesn't work in any other generation, in any other setting, with any other context. But he was the perfect character for an entire Nirvana-driven generation. And I, I don't know if any character has ever captured a generation like Austin. Nope, not at all, and I don't think I can add anything to that that'll benefit any part of this conversation. And you know what? On that note, as the segue man, I will say, because you cannot see any other points to add, we will move on to the man who can't be seen. Yes, I did it. How did you do that? Mother fluffing Cena. Have you been practicing this segue thing? (laughs) This is new to me. This I am. I'm a little erect. Well, John Cena might be as well, but we'll never know because he can't be seen. God damn it. (laughs) Look, I I know that this is going to be controversial. And let me just say off the top, for me, I'm not debating Rock versus Cena. As I said, I tried to do this almost chronologically, where it's almost like one per generation. And I'm sorry to older generations we missed and other people we omitted. But John Cena, over the past 20 years, there has not been a wrestler who was bigger, more successful, more important to the industry than John Cena. And Bear, I know, has mountains of things to say. All I'm really going to say to start this off is, can we please stop saying that the dude can't wrestle? That, that, con- that, that conversation has to end. And I can pinpoint a couple matches. I know it takes two to tango in pro wrestling, but yeah. you watch that match with, with Punk at Money the Bank 2011. You watch any match he had with Shawn Michaels, especially that Iron Man match he had on Raw. Um, you watch that. You watch a couple of those matches he had with AJ Styles. Yeah. You know, it, the list goes on. But my point is, like, oh, he had great matches with Edge. How can I forget that feud? You know, yeah. he had that match with Daniel Bryan at SummerSlam. That was a great match. Dude, when Edge goes to him and he just says, I hate you. And it seems like he's cutting the greatest promo you've ever seen. And Cena comes back and wins the damn promo. It was. <laughs> Come on, dude. Like, <laughs> that's one of the greatest exchanges ever, but nobody wanted to give Cena props for anything at that point. 16 world championships, five United States titles, four tag team reigns, one with Miz, one with David Otunga, which, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> one with Batista, one with Shawn Michaels. He's a Money in the Bank winner. He's a two-time Royal Rumble winner. Um, do Slammy's matter? No, but he won like what? Let's see, ten, I believe. Wikipedia. My point is, <laughs> like Hogan, you really almost can't discuss the history of professional wrestling without mentioning John Cena. And I know that's, I don't, I don't know if it's controversial per se, but people were tired of him always being on top. But you know, when you look at it, 
people had chances, right? Yeah. People had the opportunity to overstep him, I guess, in terms of who's got next, right? Yeah. Or who's the man, right? Yeah. No I, one, I... no one has impact. Like, no one has impacted wrestling, I should say, in the past what? Twenty years. Right. Quite like John Cena. Yeah. I mean, look, you talked about the feuds. You know, you have Punk, you have Sean, you have, you know, Bray Wyatt. Even though I know they had a match that some people didn't like, that last man standing match was incredible. And credit to Cena for being humble enough to come back at this year's WrestleMania and really just get character, characterly, characteristic, whatever the word is, destroyed. Yeah. You know, the mat, we all remember the cash in by Randy Orton and Triple H with the turn on Daniel Bryan. The match between Cena and Bryan was great. And, and I think that's the point that you're leading towards is yes, oh, he didn't lose to people. He didn't put people, he put people over who needed to get put over. He lost to Punk. He lost to Edge. He lost to RVD. He lost to Daniel Bryan. He. Lost to AJ Styles when AJ came here. And lest we forget, we're looking at full careers, right? Yep. John Cena single-handedly made the United States title matter again. Yeah. And not not only the title matter, but he made it a point to go out every week, have an open challenge where he took underutilized wrestlers or wrestlers who hadn't really been known to the casual fan yet or the fan who didn't watch NXT, which at that point was plentiful. Yeah. And he introduced them. Another name. He lost to Kevin Owens in Kevin Owens' debut match. The idea that, look, did Cena make some mistakes along the way? Yes, as every single wrestler in the history of everything has done. Mm -hmm. People get egos. It sucks, but it's true. Until we know what it's like to walk out into an arena, have 20,000 people react to every single thing you do and say, it's hard for me to try and wrap my head around the life that that is. What I can say is, look, Cena tied Flair with 16 world title reigns. The United States championship reigns he had were meaningful and brought really validity to the title the feud, I mean, other feuds, I mean, the feud with Batista was great. The feud with The Rock was great. Both of those matches were great matches and had people on their feet. You know, look, Cena, he had his ups and downs, but he had his ups and downs because he was always there. Yeah. Nobody has the consistency over the course of a career that Cena had. And really, Hogan's like the only comparison. And Cena just, he he was there. I mean, he would get injured, and people would be like, oh, he's out for a year, and he'd be back in like six to seven months. He's his return, cute. dude, his return at the Royal Rumble is one of the greatest moments of all time, to the point that just for proof that nobody actually hated him, if you still believe the myth that people hated him, go back and watch his return at the Royal Rumble. Watch the entire arena lose their minds cheering for him being back and then go, wait, shit, we're supposed to hate this dude and start booing for no reason. There's a reason that the term the, the term ruthless aggression really came to fruition. If you guys watch that WWE Network special, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. That was 
what the night before John Cena debuted, which I hate the fact that I wasn't there. It was in Chicago, but I couldn't afford tickets at that time. He really made ruthless aggression his own. And you guys saw that, you know, I'm assuming everybody saw that special. Mm -hmm. The way he conveyed what ruthless aggression was all about, all about is exactly what Vince McMahon was talking about. Right. Yeah. And instead of staying the course in terms of what his character was when he came out as John Cena, the prototype, the clean cut guy, you know, right. He came out, challenged Kurt Angle. A couple yeah. months later, he's rapping, which, come on. I, I don't know rap well, right? <laughs> but I think he had some pretty good bars, right? Is that safe to say? I mean, hey, full arenas were loving it. And Stephanie look, let her let him slap her on the ass. So that is another moment. <laughs> and he made, you know, he made back in the day, I had that you can't see me shirt and people would make fun of me. They still do, whatever. I'd go to school with that shirt on. I went to school with a Ruck Fools shirt on. <laughs> um, That's a throwback. English, yeah, my English teacher noticed it and was like, have you been wearing that all day? I said, yeah. She said, you know what that means, right? And I'm like, yeah, word life, you know, basic thugonomics. And she's like, yeah, you need to take that off. <laughs> and I'm like, why? And she's like, well, if you change the F and R around, it says fuck rules. I'm like, huh, I just learned something today. I don't. I, I didn't know what the fuck it meant until she mentioned it. So we were so innocent little, back well, then. Maybe my point is, <laughs> John Cena is another guy that you have to you have to put some motherfucking respect on his name. Yeah, and you, you do. Yeah, and remember when Brock Lesnar came back? Sorry to cut you off. You remember when oh. Brock Lesnar came back? Yeah, and the place erupted. This was when people liked Brock, I guess. You know, people don't really care for him now. <laughs> Cena got a couple of good matches from Brock Lesnar as well. And, and see, that that's the thing. Look, you know, let, we'll just, we'll say it. You know, Nexus, the whole Alex Riley, who knows what the whole situation is right. there. We still don't really have answers. Um, you know, I get it. But... To me, I think where John Cena redeemed himself is later in his career when he could have easily still been main eventing. He could have easily still been winning the Royal Rumble and the title and main eventing WrestleMania and doing all these things. And he wasn't. And you look at it and there was just this consistent pattern of him prioritizing, you know, the business. And let's even talk about character. It's like even in defeat, you know. The match, the three matches he had with AJ Styles were outstanding. You know, the match he had with Roman was one of Roman's best matches. You know, you run down the list, but if you want to get into it personally and you want to talk about, you know, oh, I don't like Cena because he didn't do this and that. Look, the guy lost to Edge, RVD, Punk, etc. We already said that. How about the fact that he lost to Roman when Roman needed validation? How about the fact that he lost to Kevin Owens to give Kevin Owens his spot on the main event scene from day one forward? And shortly thereafter, Kevin Owens was universal champion. You know, it, Cena has been really giving back to the industry for a while. And, you know, if, if you want to focus on the negatives early, the positives are all there. I mean, you know, again, I, I'm a huge TNA fan. 
I remember all the message boards. Sorry, I'm dating myself. I remember all the message boards, though, and I remember. I remember the signs, and I remember marking out every time a WWE show would happen and Cena would be there. There would be a sign in the crowd, and there would be discussions, you know. Yeah, whatever. He couldn't beat AJ. He couldn't beat AJ. <laughs> AJ's the real best in the world. That are uh, 18 mother-fluffing years, okay? 18 years and four, excuse me, 14 years, 13, 14 years later, we finally got to see them in the ring together. And Cena lost twice, including once clean. If that doesn't show you that that dude will humble himself for the business, I'm not sure what does. But on the topic of characters, because that's what we're doing here, look. 16-time world champion, five-time United States champion, four-time tag team champion, just like Bear said. Won the Royal Rumble twice, money in the bank, da-da-da. He's done everything. And if we really want to get deep, we're going to do a podcast about this one day. He was my favorite wrestler. After Chris Benoit died and the tragedy that went down went down, professional wrestling wasn't exactly welcome in society and the government was a lot more involved than people let on and even though there are countless articles and interviews and documentaries displaying this people still believe that that's a lie cena being that clean-cut baby face is really what helped save this industry it gave wwe a direction again someone to build around during times where nobody knew what the fuck was happening and that's not something that just anybody could have done. And by the way, for all this talk about, you know, oh, he's too kid-friendly. You know, often Cena used to bleed in matches. Yeah. You, like, regard, look, whatever your standard is, whether it's accolades or popularity, success, reactions, humility, et cetera, et cetera, Cena checks the boxes, man. The dude is an undeniable legend and... I like to think that now that he's pretty much gone, people are going to start appreciating him for everything that he was and everything he gave to this industry. I'm glad you brought up the fact that, you know, John Cena practically, in a sense, like almost saved pro wrestling at a time where it was its darkest. Yeah. Um, I don't remember if it was on Nancy Grace or wherever that interview was, but they even like chopped up some footage and edited it and tried to make wrestling look worse than it was. And, you know, John Cena was so professional and everything. And I remember, I remember that time very clearly. And it, it was, it was daunting. It was, it was just, just the fact that, you know, they had Cena. They had Chris Jericho as well on on TV. They had a bunch of people trying to defend the name of pro wrestling after that dark period. Yeah, Cena really helped wrestling come out of that darkness. Yeah, and that's another huge reason. I know. I was. I'm so glad that you brought that up because I think that's super important. Mm-hmm. Just that Cena. Again, he he helped wrestling. In its time of need. Yeah. And again, very polarizing guy. Everybody wants to dismiss the fact that he's actually a very, very good wrestler. 
you know, yeah. WWE champ. But you don't you don't win 16 world titles without being pretty good at wrestling, right? I I get it. <laughs> I get it. It's wrestling. They scripted. Blah blah blah. Okay, then you go do it. Yeah. Like that exactly. And look, I guess what it just comes down to is this: whether or not you like John Cena, his impact on the industry cannot be denied. His success cannot be denied. That character polarizing as it may have been there are a lot of people who have hate and heat there are a lot of people who are genuinely disliked and blah 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 a lot of people who are popular there is not an arena in the entire world that john cena will not be able to walk into and get a genuine reaction out of every person there and you can make a very short list of the people that's true about very short and now i'd love to see the way that you segue into our next and final well let's backtrack a second we have differing opinions on our final mount rushmore um, yes. heads i guess you could say because they're a bunch of heads <laughs> we well, have two differing opinions however i don't think either of them are wrong no they're they're not and literally they were <laughs> almost like next man out for whoever chose opposite. Yeah. Um, and I guess the segue into yours is, we said it's a short list. The shortest wrestler on this list. You know Rick. what? I don't hate that. Ric Flair. Woo! 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 <laughs> we should just start wooing for the next 10 minutes and see if people care. Yeah, my... <laughs> I, I, you know what? I think... It might not last for minutes, but at least for like 30 seconds, everyone would be wooing along. Yeah. And, you know, you you don't go. I mean, obviously, you can't go to arenas right now, but you don't go to arenas without wooing at least once. No. 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 If you've ever been to a wrestling show. And you've wooed. You, you've wooed. And not only have you wooed in the arena, it's that time where everybody's waiting outside the arena or trying to get into an arena where everybody's just wooing. It's. It's the it's even greater than the what. Oh, for sure. Because it's that, not annoying. That ESPN uh, thirty for thirty on on was uh, amazing. He had that autobiography to be the man. I loved that book. He had that song Ric Flair drip come out by Offset, Twenty One Savage, <laughs> Micro Boomin. You know, we'd be we'd be remiss not to mention that, right? Would we? <laughs> Rick Flair drip <laughs> He's another one. To me, you don't really speak about the history of pro wrestling without mentioning him. Yeah. And again, 16 world championships, even though I believe there are more, but they're not counted in WWE's little universe. Yeah. It's technically like 18, but yeah. we'll we'll let it rock. Yeah, what well, I mean, look, <laughs> for the sake of argument, you know. But Again, you go down this list. Royal Rumble winner, two-time Hall of Famer. You know he was he went in individually, obviously, and as a member of the Four Horsemen. You know, world champion, NWA world champion, <clears throat> W championships, and galore. Or the list goes on and on. The guy literally put his heart and soul into wrestling and his blood. I think it's safe to say that nobody has bled more in a professional wrestling ring than Rick fucking Flair, right? No. <laughs> He's also 
He's also the father of, you know, we, we spoke about her, one of maybe the greatest women's wrestlers of all time in Charlotte Flair. Yeah. <clears throat> Again, to me, you don't speak on the history of wrestling. I've said that like 15 times today, but whatever, fuck it. But, but it's the ultimate way to measure this. It's like exactly. when you talk about who should be in the Hall of Fame of this, that, or the third, the easiest way to answer that question is, can you tell the history and the story of that entity without mentioning them if the answer is no they're all a famer thank you and rick flair i mean individually as you know the quote-unquote leader or moreover the featured single star of the four horsemen uh, evolution where he reinvented himself and rediscovered himself if you haven't watched ruthless aggression and you only want to watch one episode the evolution one is fucking awesome yep and you know, he's a guy who, like, it seems like we use this word so often and it's so often misused, but he revolutionized wrestling. He did. Like, he, he was probably the first guy who was, like, a genuinely elite character and a genuinely elite wrestler, where... He could have a technical masterpiece and then cut the greatest promo you've ever seen. And I was like, whoa, I didn't know that you could do both. I yeah. still don't know if you can do both. <laughs> like, it, it, look, I'll be honest. Ric Flair is like in my top three. I just my criteria didn't let him on mine. But I'll say this about Ric Flair. The guy wrestled in what, four or five different decades was supremely over every time i mean he was oh he went to japan and wrestled and had great matches over there there's an incredible story if you haven't heard it of him wrestling in the dominican republic that is beyond belief if you haven't read it go to heel turns and headlocks on facebook and you can find it there ah, shilling that product shilling, shilling it. it baby shilling it but you know look rick flair is just he's you know we've said it about everyone so far but he's larger than life he's most accomplished world champion of all time in terms of reigns tied with Cena. But as we said, it's more 18 and 16. Uh, you know, the guy literally everywhere he went, he was on top in WWF. He was on top in WCW. He was on top in NWA. He was on top. And even before it was WCW, when it was mid Atlantic or when it was Jim Crockett promotions, whatever you want to call it, he was always the top guy. His feud with dusty Rhodes basically created the blueprint for a great heel versus face feud. And his, I mean, his match with Ricky Steamboat in 1989, his mat, his retire well, quote unquote retirement, his retirement match with Shawn Michaels when he was what, like 60, almost 59 years old. I think he was, he had perhaps the match of the year. <laughs> like, like, like it, match. well, what was supposed to be his last match, right? Right. His last match that we recognize ever. The guy just, uh, him and Harley Race, him and, you know, the Von Erics, him and Dusty Rhodes, Rick, Ricky Steamboat, you know, somehow he got what was called the feud of the year out of Lex Luger, you know. God bless. God bless. And, you know, look, the bottom line with Ric Flair is that, you know, we've said that everybody tried to be a variation of Hogan. It's more that, everyone has tried to create a variation of Hogan in terms of the wrestlers. Everybody wants to be Ric Flair. He was cool. 
He was a great ring general, whatever the hell that actually means. But right. according to what fans believe it means, it's certainly damn true. You know, it. the guys, look, there was no one else you could have put in evolution in that role. No. And that I say as a huge compliment because literally every single, <laughs> I think what, every single one except for Batista went on to become, become a... 10-time world champion, and even Batista was literally alongside Cena as the face of the company, and he was a six-time world champion. Come on. Like, come on. Ric Flair is... We woo for a reason. We woo for a reason, and let's discuss the final alternate, I guess you could say. Your pick in the Mount Rushmore, and I'd like for you to transition because you're fucking killing it tonight. Well, the easiest way I can transition is by saying that if woo is not the most iconic sound in wrestling history, dong certainly is. The Undertaker. (sighs) You are on fire. I'm on fire. It's never going to be this good again, so enjoy it while it lasts. Let's just ride this fucking wave. (laughs) Look, I, I know that I said I wanted to kind of go chronologically, the Undertaker, it, it's just different. Like th- there's, you can try and make comparisons to anyone's career, right? You, and even if they're loose, you can try and make a loose comparison. There's no comparison to The Undertaker. There's never been a dude who, for 30 years, has just on any card he's on, is the biggest star on the card. And even when there's somebody else in the world title picture, there's just this, like, unspoken knowledge that's kind of like, I mean, Taker could get it if he wanted it. Yep. It's like everybody's on borrowed time until The Undertaker comes around. (laughs) The guy to me is, to me, personally, he's the greatest of all time. I, I think that for a long, long streak, he had the best match of the year in the only match that he wrestled. I mean, him and Sean, him and Triple H, him and Punk, you know, him and Edge, him and Batista, him and Mark Henry, great matches, like, year after year. The Boneyard match this year, if that's the last match we ever see him in, what a way to go out. Yeah. And there's no other character that could have done that. Also, credit to AJ Styles, my favorite wrestler. But... The Undertaker, look, we could talk about the fact he's a seven-time world champion. We could talk about, you know, the Brothers of Destruction. You know, we could talk about when him and Big Show were a tag team, him and Stone Cold, him and The Rock. We could talk about the 2007 Royal Rumble, uh, when Taker finally won it, how it took 20 years. I don't know. But, again, I think that's a credit to The Undertaker. I think both in and out of the ring, I'm not sure there's ever been a more respected wrestler. And if you're watching the documentary series, The Last Ride, that is on the WWE Network right now, you already saw this. If you're not watching it, please watch it. It's incredible. One of the things that stood out to me was Triple H said, you know, he's like, now I'm at the stage of my career where I'm essentially wrestling once a year. And he's like, it's the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my career. To go from no bumping, no wear and tear, because it's it sounds weird, but your body almost gets calloused as the you know the dates go on that you're wrestling. 
so the bumps just kind of become natural in some weird way. To go out there year after year and basically do the process that The Undertaker's done for us and our entertainment of steal the show, get surgery, train, steal the show. Rinse, repeat. It's it's unparalleled. And look, you know, if we want to talk moments, I don't know if anybody's... I don't know if anybody's had more moments than The Undertaker just off sheer longevity. Right. You know, and if you disagree... He'll throw you off the top hell in a cell. Yeah, which, you know, that did not look pleasant for Rikishi. But <laughs> it, it's it's a character that shouldn't have worked, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know, we can we can sit here and we can talk about how many have come after him and have tried similar, you know, characters or gimmicks like Mordecai, for example. Or don't you dare speak ill of Mordecai. <laughs> There was a Hade Vanson, I believe that was his name. I don't know if you remember that one vignette. Oh, SmackDown. Yeah. Um, look, this was a character to me. Growing up, I'm like, holy shit, this is so cool. As I, as in into our teenage years, you know, I can't speak for Brian, but I'm sitting here like, holy shit, like this supernatural character is still a badass to me. Yep. It, you know, in a in an era where. Even, you know, the Ruthless Aggression era and when he transitioned to the American Badass, which, man, we are killing it with the Limp Bizkit references today. But <laughs> he came out to Roland and came out with the motorcycle. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like, The Undertaker just went from this satanic badass to this, huh, sorry, guys, American Badass where he's just. Ooh, beautiful. Yeah. He's, you know, he's, you know, I. I I could go on about the American badass and Limp Bizkit and all that, but we, we'd be remiss not to, you know, actually you did mention the brothers of destruction, which, you know, shout out to Kane. I fucking love Kane. Oh yeah. He's another guy that, you know, you can definitely make a case for in a top 15 list of all time. I don't know. You know, my point is the dead man character and maybe I'm wrong, but to me, you couldn't debut that at a more perfect time than when they did. Yeah. They debuted it at what survivor series 1991. Was it? Yep. And you, if you guys are going to watch anything besides that last ride, you know, I, by the way, shout out WWE for capitalizing on the last dance with the last <laughs> ride. I think that's fucking awesome marketing. Shout out. to yep. guys. That is genius. Yeah. It, I don't, think you're wrong in terms of when you said that there are there's no one in the history of wrestling that has more moments than the undertaker yeah look the the two matches with Shawn michaels could if you're making a list of the greatest matches of all time and you have those two matches as one too i'm not mad at you yeah like and i've said it before the match with triple h and hell in a cell at wrestlemania with Shawn as the guest referee I'm not saying it is the greatest match of all time, but if you tell me that you think it is, I'm not going to argue with you. Mm-hmm. The match with Punk was incredible. The match, like, Taker always had great matches. I mean, and we talk about American Badass. I, I feel like that's always people's go-to to discredit Taker. And it's like, he had moments. You know, he turned Maven into a star, even if it didn't last and he couldn't run with it. Maven, the Royal Rumble moment with Maven where he drop kicks him over the top rope and take the throws him through a popcorn machine. Legendary. 
Like the the ma- the latter match with Jeff Hardy. Yep. It, you know, it's like we, we talk about forget we're not even going to mention behind the scenes and what he means to wrestling on camera. The Undertaker shaking John Cena's hand made John Cena. The Undertaker raising Jeff Hardy's hand after that ladder match made Jeff Hardy as a singles wrestler. It, the dude just commands respect. And to your point, and I think it is the ultimate point about The Undertaker, I mean, we haven't even mentioned the streak, by the way, the oh, greatest feat yeah. in the history of wrestling, which should not have ended the way it did, if at all. But, yep. alas... The thing about Taker, I agree completely with you. The character shouldn't work. And the reason I say that is, in 2020, when everybody feels they know everything and the quote-unquote reality era, that dude comes out in full arenas of 20,000 people still sit there in awe. Like, they're really seeing the supernatural. Nobody... Yeah. Right. nobody, Nobody questions it. Like nobody's like, man, this is bullshit. It's like, oh, man, it's The Undertaker. Yeah, and I, I just wanted to point out a funny story um, now that you mentioned it. At my brother's, my brother, shout out to my brother, Dottie, my fir- his first show when we went to a SmackDown taping, I believe it was in like 2004, Um, Undertaker came out, and I swear to you, his eyes just lit up. Like, <laughs> it was, it was... It was it was so cool to see for me as you know, as a fan of wrestling and you know he he grew up liking Dragon Ball Z and all that stuff but like he knew as soon as the Undertaker came out, that's where your attention is right yeah and it's it's hard not to pay attention to a dude that's what six <laughs> ten he's just and even to this day I know he's 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 up there in age but if that match with to your point, if that match with AJ was the last match that we ever see of the Undertaker, what a fucking way to go out, right? Yep. I'm very hopeful that we can get another similar match of a boneyard style concept with Sting. Ooh. Although there are rumors that Sting is no longer under contract with WWE and whatever. We're not gonna report on rumors. That's not us. <laughs> but there's if 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 that's the way that WWE is going to continue to present the Undertaker, I wouldn't be mad at it. No, me either. And, and look, to Taker's credit, you know that tag match at Extreme Rules with him and Roman against Drew and Shane was oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah. And Taker pulled out all his old tricks, you know, old school and all that. Took some serious bumps in that match. The dude, like, he lives and breathes professional wrestling, and Fans just accepts what he does. Like nobody even stops to sit here and be like, "We all know that this was Cain and Abel, right?" Like <laughs> nobody stops. It's like, yeah, it's fucking awesome because it is. It's fucking awesome. Like him and Cain rank amongst the greatest rivalries of all time. And then you could say the same thing about him and Triple H and him and Shawn Michaels. I mean. His, his feud with Randy, that ma- even though Randy lost, that match was the icing on the cake of the Legend Killer storyline. Mm-hmm. The dude was just... Taker is... Look, there's really... like I'm running out of words. I don't know. I really don't think you can compare a career to his career. And whether or not he's your GOAT, whether or not he's on your Mount Rushmore, I think the one thing we can all agree on is... 
That dude has universal respect. Bingo. Bingo, 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 bingo. He's, look, he, I'm probably convinced now that he's on my top four. I'm very easily convinced as you guys <laughs> fucking I, I will forever respect the fuck out of Ric Flair, but, yeah. you know, The Undertaker is just, the the longe, the longe, the longevity can you edit that actually don't fuck it people will see the real side <laughs> like uh, the career of the undertaker is just something and it's still going yeah the dude's fucking 55 for god's sake yeah. if he wanted to be retired right now on a ranch with michelle mccool literally wherever the fuck he wants to go he could do that yeah. but he still comes out. He still does his thing, you know, and I don't think that this is the last time we see the undertaker in a wrestling ring. I agree. But again, if, 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 if that match with AJ styles was the last match we'll ever see of him. What a fucking way to go out. Right. Absolutely. And speaking of going out, I'm joking. I'm done with my segues. Well, no, 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 no. I, I, you got to keep going because you were fucking killing it. <laughs> Speaking of going out, we're going to go out on a high and respectful note, and we're going to give you a, maybe, you know, an honorable mention each. Yep. And I'd love for you to give me your name on your honorable mention list. Before I say anything, don't murder me on social media. <clears throat> I might. I know that this name elicits a visceral reaction these days, but on the topic of wrestlers who nobody's like, ooh, Brock freaking Lesnar. Ooh, give it to him. You know what's so hard to remember sometimes? You know, if you were a fan of wrestling between 2002 and 2004, you loved Brock Lesnar. Yep. The dude was unlike anything we'd ever seen. His rivalry with Kurt Angle was incredible. Incredible. His rivalry with The Undertaker back then. I'm not going to pretend that that match at WrestleMania even happened because we all know it didn't really happen. Uh, <laughs> he, he was just incredible. Like He was unlike anything we'd ever seen. He made so many moments and memories. He, I think in one year, he beat The Rock, Hulk Hogan, and I believe Ric Flair also as a rookie, right? Like what in his first year he beat three of like what the five greatest of all time he feuded with the undertaker and beat him it's like the dude was unbelievable he could be a face he could be a heel despite people saying he can't talk he was actually pretty charismatic back then where he was just very entertaining the whole (laughs) the backstage thing with him and kurt angle doing (laughs) push-ups it it was hilarious great Great tv great tv and like look I know that we've soured on it recently, but let's not forget the bulk of his recent run in WWE has been awesome. Yeah, very good. Like, did his title reigns go a little too long? Yeah. Would we have liked to see him more on television? Of course. But his feud with John Cena was awesome. His feud with Triple H was awesome. And in recent years, he's really done a lot to bring validity to the new 
I guess, new style of WWE superstar being a six foot and under wrestler. His match with AJ was one of my favorite matches ever. His match with Daniel Bryan was incredible. His match with Finn Balor was awesome. You know, the fatal four-way with Joe, Roman, and Braun was crazy. The match with Joe was amazing. I, Brock was churning out great matches month after, well, not really month after month, but whenever he showed up. And that's why we were with it. And, you know, I think maybe WWE fell a little too in love with Suplex City. But, Suplex you know, City, bitch. <laughs> but him dancing with the Money in the Bank briefcase was brilliant. Brilliant. And look, again, another guy where we don't know what the future holds. His feud with Drew was incredibly entertaining. I know some people may have wanted the match to go differently. I actually loved the match because yeah. Drew literally did Suplex City to Suplex City guy and won. And it was like, oh shit, Brock just locked, lost a Brock match. Like, it, which I think is a really cool story. But again, look. Brock really, his WWE career, it was two years at the start, and he's only been back. I mean, he's been back technically for like eight years, but it's really been on and off. Well, let's even just say 10 years in WWE, right? In 10 years in WWE, he's an eight-time world champion. He won King of the Ring. He won Money in the Bank. Eh, he won the Royal Rumble. He's had some incredible matches and feuds. He's done a lot to legitimize wrestlers today. And even though a lot of people on the internet hate him, wrestlers have so many great things to say about this dude. I don't know where I rank him. It's hard to rank somebody who's still wrestling, to be honest with you. Yep. But Lesnar is just, I mean, He's one of the greatest of all time, and like the guy or not, I don't think that's really a controversial statement, nope. especially when, I mean, is it fair to call him like the greatest combat athlete of his generation when you consider champion on the amateur level in the NCAA? You know, UFC heavyweight champion, did, he's done what he's done in WWE, he won the IWGP heavyweight title, we won't get into that, I know it's controversial, but look... I get Brock is as polarizing as they come these days, but I would be remiss to not mention him at least, even though he's not necessarily in my five slot. I do think that for all the talk of negativity towards Brock, he deserves some positive light too. And I also wanted to, you know, piggyback off your point. He is still technically the youngest person to win the championship. Yeah. At 25 years old, which that's insane, right? At 25 years old, he did he defeated The Rock, right, for his first WWE yeah. Challenge? And the whole crowd was booing the face, who was The Rock, and yeah. cheering for Lesnar. <laughs> yeah, it. He's another one. Like it, it's hard to, it's hard to say if he's a top five, whatever the case may be. But he's just. Everything that he's been doing lately has been incredible, you know, aside from literally giving Ricochet zero offense in that match with Saudi Arabia. But again, is that really his fault? Probably not. He really, really helped Drew along, Drew McIntyre along in their feud. Yeah. It's such a shame that that match couldn't have happened in front of a crowd. Oh, man. But Drew McIntyre really benefit you know and by the way like he's having an incredible run right now as champion he is he really is i wish more people would watch because he's killing it yeah and you know 
ratings right now are just kind of shit, right? But yeah. whatever the case may be, I, that's not Drew's fault. But what I'm, what I'm getting at is that Drew is not in the position he's in if not for Brock Lesnar. Yeah. And I am not going to be as good at transitioning to my pick. <laughs> um, I actually toyed with this idea of adding him instead of Flair, but again, you know, we, we talked about generational things and timelines and all that good stuff. So we do a lot of WWE talk and this man is a surefire one day WWE Hall of Famer. He's also the first ever AEW world champion. He's an ECW, former ECW world television champion. He is a former IWGP intercontinental champion. Um, WCW cruiserweight champion. WCW world television champion. He defeated the rock and stone cold Steve Austin in the same night. Again, nine-time Intercontinental Champion, two-time United States Champion, European Champion, Hardcore Champion, two WWE Tag Team Championships. Where am I going with this? Let's Enzo Amore. Enzo of fucking... No. Fucking <laughs> Cannon. No. Yeah. Chris Jericho deserves the respect. Yeah. Um... What can he say? What what can we possibly say about Chris Jericho that he already kind of hasn't said already about himself? Dude, <laughs> the dude is another one. You know, he he came and he came and went with Fozzie, and you know, he's got his amazing theme song that people in crowds sing along to. Mm-hmm. I wish I was at what was it, Double or Nothing, or I, I forget so. which one. Yeah, I forget which show, but they everybody was singing along to it, and it just looked like such a good time. Chris Jericho has literally, literally done it all in wrestling. Yep. And by the way, he's the first person, I mean, out of two, but still, the <laughs> first man to win the AEW World Championship. Yep. Um, <clears throat> you know, he's, he's still wrestling in Japan. He was Intercontinental Champion there very recently um the inner circle is one of the i mean aew has have a lot they have a lot of groups (laughs) but who would have thought that chris jericho would lead a group that consisted of jack swagger and lax and sammy Guevara? like (laughs) and somehow it works but and this dude got a fucking he got a a list over. Uh, the list of Jericho is still, you know, people still want to see him come out with with it, and they still post that gif of him saying, "You just made the list, you stupid yeah. idiot," blah blah blah, like all that stuff. He, again, no, I I know we we mentioned Drew defeating Big Show and Brock Lesnar in the same night, but the only bigger thing in this world of wrestling that's ever happened in one night maybe that's debatable but whatever (laughs) no man can ever say and no man will ever say they defeated stone cold and the rock in one night right like 
it's crazy to think about. He got that light up jacket over, you know, he got a bottle of champagne over. Yeah. Like a little bit of the fucking bubbly, like, <laughs> like a merchandise machine. Yeah. Um, his feud with punk was amazing. Yeah. He, Jarrah show. He had a tag team with big, show. <laughs> and, you know, I think, I think you mentioned that feud with Shawn Mike, you know, no, but that feud with Shawn Michaels was yeah. incredible. Yeah. Um, I, I was when I when I watched WrestleMania 18 as a kid, and I saw Shawn and I saw Jericho low blow Shawn at the end of the match. I almost burst into tears. Right, because you're sitting there, you're like, oh, what a fucking dick. Yeah. Like, I can't believe he just did this. He just did this. The man's been all over the world. He's wrestled in Japan, wrestled in Mexico, obviously America, started in Canada. It. He's another, you know, I actually wanted, I'm glad that we brought up a couple of honorable mentions because he was definitely one name that I wanted to bring up. Yeah. You know, again, you know, now he, I think he's the shortest person on our list, but. You know, oh, you're right. Wow. I'm going to you idiot. There's so many moments. Yeah. Of Chris Jericho that we could talk about, but the man has legitimate. He's another one. He's done it all, and I'm pretty. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he's a Grand Slam champion, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, he also punched Shawn Michaels' wife. Yes. Let's talk about that for a second. <laughs> what a piece of shit. You know what I'll say about Jericho? I think he is the best ever at being just a purely hateable weasel of a dick. Yeah. Like in t- there are there are a hundred different ways to get heel heat, right? Jericho is the best I've ever seen at just consistently being like, oh my God, when somebody gets their hands on him, please just wring his neck. Like yep. he was hateable. And then at the same time, genuinely at least in my opinion, I'll, I'll put it alongside Seth and the Shield. The best heel turn, even though I guess they were technically heels already, but the best heel turn of the past like 10 years has to be when Kevin Owens turned on Chris Jericho. Like the biggest weasel in wrestling could also make you so sympathetic when he's like, when, why is my name on the list? Oh my God, right? <laughs> There were people in the crowd that were literally crying. That was the highlight of wrestling on a weekly basis, seeing them in the ring. And I know that him and MJF recreated it in AEW. I'm not mad at them. But the original of him and Kevin Owens going back and forth about, I know why we lost last night. I know that. Roman Reigns. (laughs) It's uh, Come on. Jericho on the mic is gold. Jericho in the ring is gold. He's honestly like we said it about Flair. How many guys can you say are elite wrestlers and elite characters? It's a short list and Jericho's on it. Yep. And that's why, I, like I said, I'm super glad that we got to bring up some honorable mentions because I think yeah. it would have been a mistake not to bring. Look, there's so many names that we could have brought up that we didn't. And again, we apologize. And if you have a problem with it, A, go. Fu- no, I'm just kidding. but if if there's if there is a name that you guys didn't hear and you would like to let your voice be heard by all means make a make a facebook post tweet at us 
Instagram us. We'll Whatever. post this all everywhere. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I'll listen. We're we're lately, Mister Brain here has been a marketing machine, but this will be all over, and you can tell us that we're wrong and we're stupid and all that good stuff. Like we want to hear it from you. Yeah, we do. We look. This is all about interaction. This is all about engagement. We we're not trying to preach to any choir or anything like that. We we are genuine, lifelong, passionate as all hell wrestling fans. And this is at its best when it's a discussion rather than a lecture. So please get involved. If you want to appear on the podcast, maybe we can work something out. Reach out. Let us know what you want to talk about. Honest to God, we are so grateful for all of your support. And, you know, even if you hate our podcast and think we suck, let us know that. Yeah. Constructive criticism. Tell us what we can do better. Uh, And I just have to add one name, by the way. Before everyone overlooks him, because to me, he might be the greatest wrestler, you know, just wrestler in the ring of all time, and that is Kurt Angle. And I'm not going to go too in-depth. I'm just going to say one day we are going to do an episode dedicated exclusively to Kurt Angle, because that dude, the fact that he is not mentioned on a daily basis by wrestling fans is criminal. He won a olympic gold medal with a broken freaking neck neck. yeah and this is again this is another guy that like he shouldn't have been as good as he was right no No. and like you know it's funny again i know that tna is always the butt of all jokes and i always preface my statements about it with that that dude went to tna and they immediately were like cool we have the missing piece now we're routinely hitting a million viewers a week now we're a legitimate, and I know they were never an actual threat to WWE, but Kurt made it so they were on that path. And then obviously other things happened, but it's like before Brock, Kurt was the rookie year world champion, you know, and TNA, New Japan, WWE, obviously, Kurt, he's iconic. And, you know, I'm glad he got a little run at the end. I know we all wish that he could have been in better health, but, you know, Apparently, he's with AEW now. I, I don't know if we've seen anything official about that, but there have been rumors. We don't do the rumor thing. Whatever happens, if you're a wrestling company and you don't want to pick Kurt Angle's brain, you're fucking stupid. Bingo. Yeah, absolutely. And on that lovely note. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's... <laughs> and again, look, we're not going to go too in-depth on Kurt Angle and talk about everything he's done and all that good stuff, but we will definitely do an episode on his career. Yeah. And I guess on that note, the ideal segue is if you guys want us to talk about something, let us know. Yeah. We, we, we love wrestling, man. And we, we, we just, we have a long, long list of podcast ideas, but we are happy to add to it. And, you know, who knows? Maybe you can come on and talk about it with us. Do and, our job for us and give us ideas. No, I'm just kidding. Exactly. Let we us have- get paid for your labor. It's the American way. Fuck yeah. You know what? Play our music. <laughs> we have we have uh we have music now. We have music and we even have an outro. So on that note, thank you everybody for listening. This has been Heel Turns and Headlocks, the incomparable Bear de Julio. I am Brian LePre. I aspire to be half as good as Bear is. And if you liked it, 
follow us. Well, you'll hear all about it in a second. Thank you there all for you listening. Hey, that segue. That's, there we go. Another segue. So stay safe, everybody. Be well. And as always, love professional wrestling. And wash your hands. Wash your damn hands. You've been listening to Heel Turns and Headlocks with Bear DiGiulio and Brian LaPrey. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll be back soon with more. But until then, reach out on Facebook at Heel Turns and Headlocks, on Twitter at Heel underscore Turns underscore Pod, and on Instagram at Heel Turns and Headlocks. We'll see you next time.